Well, would you turn with me this morning to Mark 9. Would you go there? We're beginning a new series this morning. And uh, after praying and checking my heart about which way to go, you know, there's certain things that you should feed on regularly. Shouldn't go too long without hearing about it. One of them is faith. And so we're going to go into a series about faith this morning. And of course, you know, Faith Life Church should have some faith. Don't you think? I mean, (laughs) and faith is such a big thing, such a big subject. There's so many different sides to it, and it is much misunderstood. You know, there's a whole lot of people are doing stuff that they call faith, and it's not. And there are people who have failures and disasters, and uh, supposedly they were doing something in faith, and then people say, well, see there, that's wrong. And and then they label everybody that has anything to do with faith as uh, extreme or in error. But we're going to talk about the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus. Now, we actually started talking about it last week. The uh, faith of Jesus, how that he believed for resurrection. How that he went to the cross in faith. How he died in faith, believing to be raised again. And Jesus had and has resurrection faith. And how many know that the faith that we have now, the faith that is in us, is his faith? Right? Not to the measure that he has it, but the same quality from the same source. God has faith. He creates planets. (laughs) I've never created a planet. Never created a tree. But we're headed that way. We're in training to rule and reign with him. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by the same means he does it. He has a vision of something in himself. He believes it. He speaks it in power. And it happens. That's how you and I are supposed to be living right now. Right? It's faith. And so, you know, sometimes people have, outside of so-called faith circles, have been negative against so-called faith people. But how could you be against Jesus? Hmm? How could you call Jesus extreme? (laughs) Or fanatical or in error? Now let's talk, we're talking about Jesus. We know he's sitting at the right hand of majesty on high right now. King of kings, Lord of lords. Soon to come again. Not talking about that. We're talking about the example he left us. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As he walked as a man. Right? Operated as a man. Did he operate in faith? Did he live in faith? Pray in faith? Preach in faith? Lay hands on people in faith? Yes. As Jesus walked, could you have called him a person of faith? (laughs) No question. Hold your place in Mark. 
and go to Hebrews 11. I think if we'll read this first, then you'll get more out of this. Hebrews 11. My question is, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as Jesus walked the earth, was he a man of faith? Could you have called him a person of faith? Who lived by faith, practiced faith, and taught faith? No question about it. The answer is absolutely yes. And it has to be that way. Because Hebrews 11 and 6... Hebrews eleven six. What does it say? But without faith, it is impossible. Now that's a strong word. Impossible is a strong word. If you look it up, literally it means unable. In other words, it can't be done. Can't be done. What can't be done? It can't be done that you please God with no faith. For he that comes to God must what? Must believe that he is. Our entire walk in the Christian walk is a walk of faith because God, one verse says, God is a God who hides himself. I know that sounds strange to you, but look it up. It's obvious. I mean, the detractors, the naysayers, the skeptics, the scoffers, the infidels, the atheists want to know, where is your God? Where is he? Well, can you show him to them? Can you take them somewhere and say, here he is? Look at him? No. Why? Because God has chosen to do that. How many understand If God so chose, he could eliminate the earth of atheists and infidels and skeptics in a moment of time. Could he? He could shake this place and reveal himself so that every man, every woman, every boy and girl on the planet saw him and knew that he is God in a split second and nobody could wonder. And we'll say, why doesn't he do it? He doesn't want to. He has chosen not to. Why? Because if he did, it would no longer be a faith issue. Because when you're seeing, it's no longer faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It has to be not seen. Not seen includes all the physical senses too. It's not felt. Not perceived by the senses. So we walk with him by faith. And unless you do that, there is no way you can please him. Did Jesus please the Father? Every moment of every day, Jesus said, I do always those things that please him. Then in line with this verse, how else could you say that? He did everything In faith. Are y'all with me now? Everything in faith. Faith is not just one of many important things. It is the internal essence of the fabric of our life. 
to please God. I mean, there you can't blink your eyes. You can't pray a prayer. You can't do anything. You can't give an offering that can please him unless it was done in, of, by, through faith. Impossible. No way. You cannot write a check big enough to please God by amount alone. You cannot fast long enough. You cannot pray hard enough to please God without faith. A faithless prayer is a waste of breath. A faithless service is a waste of electricity and gas. Right? If you didn't come in faith, if you don't listen in faith, if I don't preach in faith, we should have stayed home. Because none of it pleased God. And if it didn't please God, what are we doing? How many understand there are a lot of services this morning across the planet that are not pleasing to God? They're just going through a ritual. They're just going through a motion. Nobody's believing anything. Nobody's expecting anything. Nobody's excited about anything. And so it means nothing to God. None of it pleases Him. I'm not interested in that. How many have a desire for everything in this church and everything in your life to please God, to please Him? You ought to have a desire that you don't want anything in your house that doesn't please God. You don't want anything happening in your life that doesn't please Him. We don't want anything happening in these services that doesn't please Him. Nothing. Jesus said, I do always those things that please Him. Tell me again, what's another way of saying that? I do always what? Everything in faith. So Jesus had to be. A man of faith. If he pleased God every day and night. And he did. And he was. And he is. How about you? Are you a faith person? Man or woman of faith? Jesus taught faith. Go back to Mark chapter 9. There's two big things I want to mention to you over the next couple of minutes here. Pillars of truth concerning faith. Mark 9. If you know the story, a man had brought his son who was taken with fits and seizures to Jesus' disciples to get him free. And the reason he took them to them is because they had been getting people free. Not just talking about Jesus, talking about his disciples. And I don't know what they did, whether they prayed over him or whether they laid hands on him. I don't know what they did or whether they spoke or rebuked over him, but it didn't work. He didn't get free. Now, get this. Just because you were prayed for and nothing happened, that did not prove the will of God. Somebody need to hear that now. Just because somebody well-known prayed for you or laid hands on you and you didn't get healed or you didn't receive what you were believing for, that does not mean it's not God's will for you to be healed. Any more than it meant it wasn't God's will for this boy to be set free. And these are people very close to Jesus. These are his closest associates. And they have been getting miracles and results. And on this case, they did not. Now, without going into detail, did anybody know why they didn't get results that time? Hmm? 
Jesus told them because of their unbelief. So I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've gotten faith results in the past. If you get into unbelief, you're not going to keep getting results. And so because of their unbelief, they didn't get the boy set free. That didn't prove that he was supposed to suffer for some unknown divine purpose. And so Jesus comes down from the mount. And the man brought his child to him. And verse 22, Mark 9, 22, the father said, oft times, this thing has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Other translations say it like this, and really you can see it in the text. Because the man said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. One translation says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible to him who believes. The New Living says, what do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And so at once, verse 24, the father of the boy, I'm reading the Amplified, he gave a cry with tears and he said, Lord, I believe. Help my weakness of faith. The New Living says, the father said, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. Now, man, there's a lot of revelation right here. For one thing, can you see that this man tried to put the responsibility for his son's healing and deliverance on Jesus? How many are doing that today, Christians across the world? They think it is all up to Jesus, whether they get healed or whether they get free. How many Christians believe this? They're believing exactly what this man, they came and they're beseeching the Lord in prayer or fasting or turning in prayer requests. Please, Lord, please, Lord, if you can do anything for us. What do you mean if he can do anything? Lord, if you could help me, you think he can't? Now, I'm not talking about somebody back then. I'm talking about right now. How many Christians do you, have you heard talk like this? That's how they talk. That's how they believe. Just like this man. Lord, if you can help me some way, please have mercy on me. Well, do we have the answer to that question? Would Jesus change it today? He does not change. How many understand this is truth for everybody that will ever ask that question? It is the unchanging revelation of the perfect will of God for all men for all time. When God speaks his word, it is perfect. It never has to be updated. Right? So, he said, Lord, if you can do anything, help us. You know, I can just sense it in my spirit right now. There are people all over this planet, Christians in hospital rooms and bedrooms, and they're pleading, go, God, please, if you can help me. Please, if you're real, please, if you can help me. Do they have their answer? It's here in the book. If they'd get in the book, they'd find their answer. But people are ignoring the book and praying, trying to get something else. That's never going to work. 
fact, the Bible said in Proverbs, if you turn away your ear from hearing the word, you, even your prayer is abomination. Now, that's a strong word. You cannot ignore the Bible and pray. You must pray in line with this. Do we have the answer to this issue of people crying out, God, please, please, if you can help me, if you can help my child, if you can help my situation. What does the Lord say? What's his answer? He said, what do you mean if I can? If Jesus was in the room with these people right now and they grabbed his leg and said, please, God, please, God, please, God, would you help me? What would he tell them? He'd look at him and said, what do you mean, can I help you? Certainly I can help you. All things are possible to him or her who believes. Would he tell you this today? Just like he told him. He is telling us this today. And people want to change it. They want to twist it around. And they want to say, well, no, it's up to God. That's your words. You're changing what he said. Hmm? See, sometimes people want to take issue with folk like us who preach faith. And they think, you know, well, they accuse us of being arrogant. They accuse us of being egotistical. What are they doing? See, when you judge somebody, the Bible says you are guilty of the same thing. You are guilty of what you're accusing them of. What do you mean? What are they saying? Uh Uh-uh, no. It's not by your faith. It's up to God. Now, you just stood there and said Jesus don't know what he's talking about. You just stood there and said, no, no, no. In our denomination, we know better than Jesus. We've studied this out for a long time. And our preachers have preached this and they've all been to seminary and learned this. And it's an established thing and Dr. So-and-so's wrote four books on it. And everybody knows that it is up to God. No, everybody don't know that. Jesus doesn't know that. That's not what he said. That's not what he taught. Are you listening now? And we don't believe that around here either. We believe what Jesus said, which is that if we, oh, do you see the shift now? He said, if you can do anything, he's trying to put all the responsibility for his child's healing and deliverance on Jesus. What did Jesus turn right around and say? He turned around and handed it back to him, didn't he? He handed the responsibility right back to the man. He said, no. What do you mean, if I can? Certainly I can. Not a matter of if I can. If you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Say that out loud. All things are possible to him who believes. Say it again. All things are possible to him who believes. Say it again. All things are possible to him who believes. Who believes? Are all things possible to anybody? No. Just who? Just those who believe. Oh, hallelujah. I could sense some faith rising while we were saying that. 
What do you mean? Well, things that you've been told are impossible. Things that look like can't be done. They can be done. I said they can be done. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Right? And see, we got people by the millions trying to leave it up to God. They're doing exactly what this man did. They're trying to leave it up to God. Well, God, if you can and if you will. No. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? If you can. I'm going to say something here now. You can. You can. Notice this man's response to this. Now, this man had not been to Bible school. This man did not have a New Testament. This man was not filled with the Spirit. This man did not have the name of Jesus. This man did not go to Faith Life Church. Or any other good church. What are you saying, Brother Keith? This man didn't know a fraction of what you know. Hmm? Yeah, what happened? He's there begging. He's brought his boy. His boy's in a bad way. Been this way for a long time. Years and years and years and years. It has terrorized their life. He had hopes that he could get him to the disciples because people had been getting set free under the disciples ministry. And he brought him and now his hopes are dashed. They prayed. They rebuked. They bound. They did everything and nothing. And here Jesus came and he thought, well, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. And he ran to him and he said, oh, please, please, if you can do something, have mercy on us, have compassion on us and help us, please. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? How many do you hear that question? How many know a lot of people do not know Jesus? They do not know who he is. They do not know what he is and how he is. See, they have tried to recreate him or create him in their image, in what they think he is. In their mind, Jesus is saying, well, just pray and beg and fast more, and I may decide to do something. Turn in another 10,000 prayer requests and try to be good, and I may decide or I might talk the Father into doing something for you, because you just never know. That's the version of Jesus they have created in their own minds. But that's not Jesus. Who is Jesus? You come begging him. Your boy is in, how many, this is not a light thing. This man's son is in a terrible way. This is serious. This is bad. I don't care how bad it is. God is not moved by how bad it is. God is not moved by how much you need it. God is not moved by how much you want it. If he were, if God was moved by needs, what do you think would be happening across the planet right now? If needs moved God to act, it just, needs would be met all over the planet. God's not moved by how bad your situation is. Your situation cannot get so bad that God just feels sorry for you and does it for you, no matter what you're doing. This boy is rolling on the ground, convulsing, frothing at the mouth, twisting. This is bad. And what does Jesus say? 
Oh, get out of the way. I'll take care of this for you. No. What does he say? If I can. What do you mean if I can? If you can believe. All things are. Is this Jesus? The Jesus who never changes. Is he this way today? Is he telling you and me, no matter what we're going through, how bad it is, how rough it is, and we're begging him and pleading with him, what does he tell us today? What do you mean, can I help you? What do you mean, can I turn your situation around? Can you believe, if you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes? What did this man say? He's looking at Jesus. He's hearing these words. He's seeing his eyes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What did he say? I believe it. I do. Help my unbelief. What's going on in the man? What's going on in him? What's going on? How many remember James? Something the enemy uses frequently on people. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you ask for something, you must ask in faith. Not wavering. Because if you waver, what? Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now the devil is fond of quoting that scripture to people who don't understand it. Let me show you how it works. You're trying to believe for something. The enemy will bring you a thought of doubt. He brought it there. What if it don't work? How's that ever going to be? I just don't see how. Where in the world could it come from? And and you think on that a little bit, and the devil says, up, up, wavering. Wave, let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. You won't receive anything. And you go, oh, man, that's right. Ugh. He said, of course it's right. You're not receiving anything. That's what the Bible said. Have you ever heard people that sounded like that? So you know who they're inspired by. Even though they're quoting scriptures. Mean. Harsh. You hear this? That ain't God. The devil quotes scriptures. Devilish people quote scriptures. No, you won't receive a thing. Wavering. Let me ask you a question. Did this man receive or did he not receive? Oh, somebody ought to be getting ready to shout right now. Did he receive or did he? Have you read this? Did the man receive? Well, the Bible said the double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Did he receive? Yes. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, said this many times. I wrote it down years ago. Man, it's a wonderful thing to know. He said, faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your mind. Oh, somebody's getting free right now. Faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your mind. That has to be true by seeing this right here. Because this man says, Lord, what? He said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Help us. The Lord looked at him and said, what do you mean if I can If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And right out of his heart, he said, I believe it. I believe it. Well, he's looking at Jesus. He's hearing these words. Faith comes by hearing. It got all over him. It came up in him. He said, I believe it. And then he said, 
But as soon as he said that, hmm, you ever been there before? You're in a good service. You hear a good testimony. You're praying. You read your Bible and you see it. And faith comes up. And you get excited. And then, yeah, but now, don't get hyper. (laughs) Don't get all worked up now. You got to stay in the real world. What does that mean? That is the devil's subtlety trying to, he ain't trying to get you in the real world. He's trying to keep you in unbelief. He's trying to keep you out of faith. No, no, now you've been that way and your mama was that way and who do you know has got that much money and how in the world could that ever happen? See, that's what happened to him. Out of his heart, he said, I believe, I believe, he's looking at Jesus. If you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. Doesn't that pull on you when you hear the Lord look at you and say, call your name. Bob, Susie, Tom, Keith, all things are possible to you when you believe. What does that make you want to say? (laughs) I believe. I believe. Right? Why? It's like Brother Keith's words. These are the words of Jesus. It makes you want to say, I believe. But then, then... Yeah, but, and the doctor said, and nobody's ever recovered from this. Yeah, you got too much debt and you've made too many mistakes and there just ain't no way that's going to happen for you. That's what he said. Lord, I believe. (laughs) Help my unbelief. But he got the miracle. In that shape, in that condition, he got the miracle. Oh, hallelujah. He got the miracle. Battling these thoughts and feelings. Why? He did not embrace them. They were there, but he held on to what he had in his heart. Right? How many understand? Thoughts will come. Feelings will come. But you must resist them. You must cast them down. Even if you found yourself meditating on them for an hour or two, you got to stand up and go, no, uh uh-uh, no. No, no, that's not what I believe. No, I don't care. This is what I believe. I believe this. And I don't care how many times you have to do that. You will get your miracle if you just do that. Glory to God. Whoo. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God. All things are possible to him that believes. Everybody say, I can. I can. Now, a couple of things. One thing, we're going to get into some of these things later as we go on, but faith is required. If you're going to get results, there is no other way. It is not optional. You cannot get God to move for you some other way. You cannot get him to feel sorry enough for you. You cannot beg enough. You cannot fast enough. Faith is required. The reason I say that is because so many times people are trying to do it another way. They keep trying to. But here, the second thing, 
that have already said it. You can believe. Say it out loud. I can believe. I am a believer. I can have faith. I do have faith. I can believe. Now you'll hear people say sometimes, I can't believe that. And that is not true. I said that is not true. Faith is trust and confidence in a person. A person. I think sometimes because we walk by faith and we don't see the Lord in the flesh, that people get misguided and they think, well, my faith is in this book. No. My faith is not in ink and paper. My faith is not in a book. My faith is in the one who said the words that are in the book. The person. The person. And my faith in him is that I believe that everything he says is true. And that he can do everything he says. He can do. He has the ability. And he is faithful. And he is true. And he loves me. And he always comes through. My faith is in him. So when you understand that now, when you say, I can't believe him, no, that's not true. You choose not to believe him. You could believe if you chose to. Every time, see the devil, he knows how powerful faith is. He knows what it'll do in your life. It'll absolutely destroy his works and receive you every blessing. And make you the strongest witness for Jesus around. Cause people to want to run to you and find out how do you do what you do? How can I be like you? And people get saved right and left. So he works over time to twist and distort and confuse this subject of faith. And one of the big things is always talking about, do I have enough faith? I don't know if I have enough faith to believe that. I don't know if I have enough faith to believe that. You hear this all the time. I don't know if I have enough faith. This man. Not even born again. He didn't have a New Testament. In that day, if you weren't a priest, you didn't even know the word at all unless you heard somebody read it. He probably couldn't even read. And he's believing for his son to be free from epilepsy or whatever kind of terrible condition. I mean, the kind of person that could have been institutionalized. He, with no word, no background, does he have enough faith to believe for this? Not even able to quote a scripture? Oh, come on now. Come on. Are you seeing it? Does he have enough faith to believe for this? Yes. He did. With thoughts of doubt in his mind. (laughs) Why? Because he chose to believe it. Come on now. Come on now. He chose To be, he heard it, he saw it, and he decided, yes, I believe that. How hard is that? That is faith. Let me give you an example. Faith is confidence 
in a person. Trust in a person. If I came in here today and I said, guys, let me tell you something. I had an experience last week. I walked across Table Rock Lake. I walked on the water across the main body. Now, here's the question. Can you believe that? You see what I'm saying? Hmm? If you say, well, Brother Keith, are you joking? I said, no, I'm not joking. It happened. I did it. Now, what do you have to decide? If you said, Brother Keith, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. Is that true? That you can't believe it. Do you believe anybody has ever walked on the water? Yeah. Jesus and Peter. It can be done. So you don't say that you can't believe it. Hmm? What are you saying? You choose not to believe me. Right? Now what you have to decide is that this is either... A lie or it is the truth. And Brother Keith is either a deceiver or he's faithful. That's what you have to decide. Right? It's not a matter that you can't believe it. It's a matter that you choose what you believe. That's the way it is with God all the time. That's the way it is with all. How many understand everything in this book? Is that way you read it, you hear it, and then you choose as to whether you believe it or whether you don't. Are y'all with me now? Do you understand what I'm talking about? How the devil has worked overtime to convince people you can't believe. You don't have faith like those people over there. I mean, maybe if you walk with God for another 50 years and can quote enough scripture, then you might get enough faith to do. That is baloney. How about this man? How long had he walked with God? How much scripture did he know? How many hours did he pray in the spirit? He just chose to believe it. Jesus looked at him and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. He said, I believe it. That's how easy faith is. Right there. Right there. I believe it. The Lord speaks to you and says, this year you're getting out of debt. You can sit there and go, well, <laughs> you know, that would be nice. What does that mean? Does it mean you don't have enough faith? No. You can't believe that? No. You just have chosen not to. Hmm? But I mean, know the smart ones <laughs> agree with God. And they say, I believe. I believe. It's happening for me. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah, we're getting somewhere. We're making progress. Whoo, glory to God. By the way, I did not walk across the lake. I 
that didn't happen. But if I come and tell you it did, because I will not lie to you. Are you listening? And it's not just me. How about you? Will you lie to me? Will God lie to us? Now, it is impossible to please God without faith. I want you to go with me to, uh, that was Hebrews 11. Go to Hebrews 6. Man, I like talking about faith, don't you? Whew. We serve a faith God. And what you do is when you feed on the words of faith, and it stirs and feeds your faith, and you begin to have and talk and think and exercise faith, it pleases God. And you sense that pleasure. So you're not getting stirred here from time to time where you just go, hmm, yeah, ooh, glory. That's not happening because Brother Keith is so dynamic. Hmm, or because Brother Keith is wonderful. Or, no, no. It's because faith that is coming up, not from Brother Keith's words, God's words, coming up in your heart. And you're receiving them and you're operating. See, you don't have to wait till you get out of here to do some amazing thing. You can operate in faith right now in this chair, right where you sit. Without waiting another second. You can come up to a higher level of persuasion and trust and expectation. And when you do, it pleases God. And when you please God, He's going to let you know it. You're going to sense a quickening. You're going to sense His presence. You're going to sense joy. And... Three days later when Brother Keith's not preaching and there's no music and you're by yourself and you yield to fear or yield to depression and you're sad and draggy and you feel yucky and you feel stinky, it's because why? You are not operating in faith. God is not pleased and the presence of God is not there. But you can fix that on the spot. Hebrews 6, are you there? Oh, Lord, you are so good. Mm, mm, mm. Who's more blessed than us? I'd like to meet them. Hebrews 6. Verse 18. 6.18. He says that by two immutable things. Number one, in which it was what? Impossible for God to. To lie. Now let's just stop right there because that's what we're talking about. It's impossible to please God without faith. And here this is the exact same word, same Greek word. Exactly. They're saying it is what? Impossible for God to lie. Is there any connection between those two? More than I have known. I saw more last night. Impossible for God to lie. Listen to uh, Titus 1-2. Don't turn there. It says God cannot lie. Numbers 23-19 said God is not a man that he should lie. Can God lie? I don't know if we've known the significance of that statement. Didn't say, you know, 
that God has the ability not to lie. What does it say? It is impossible. What does that mean? Can't be done. He can't do it. Now we're talking about the Almighty, creator of heavens and earth, and we're saying something he can't do. Let me go over this again slowly. I don't think we've seen the significance of this. To say to God that it's something God cannot do is something impossible for God to do. How could there be anything that the Almighty who knows everything and has all power can't do? He cannot lie. Now for the past 20 years particularly, the Lord has dealt with me about the subject of lying and truth. I mean, there's very few days go by that I don't think about it. And the more I see about it, the stronger I get in my spirit. And I haven't always known why I was so strong about it. And Phyllis will tell you, and my staff will tell you, man, I am against lying. Everybody at the ministry in the church knows here, there are certain things you don't do. One of them is you don't lie. To me, lying is a huge deal. I don't mean a big deal. A huge deal. It's something you do not do. And we live in a world where people don't think anything about lying. I've had preachers, preachers, pastors look me in the eye and lie to me. And then you have to deal with it and they go, well, you know, brother, forgive me, you know, I know you will. And you can tell it's not a deal to them. What's that mean? They're going to do it again. Everybody say one lie. Now, what is faith? Faith is confidence. It's trust in what? In a person. Now, keep these things in mind. Don't let them get away from you. Confidence in a person. There's only one way you can have confidence and trust in a person, what they tell you. What? Is if you are convinced what they're telling you is the truth. Right? How can you trust in something if you're not convinced the person is telling you the truth? If God ever told one lie, just one, what would that do? Now, I'm not talking about the rest of it. What would that do to our faith? If God ever lied to you, I'm not talking about two times, one time, if God ever lied to you, told you one lie, what would that do to your faith? Huh? Faith, trust is so precious. Oh, it's so precious. The Bible talks about precious faith, doesn't it? Another way of saying it is precious trust. I can tell you the truth for a thousand times. Hmm? And then tell you one lie. And what happens? At that point, immediately you begin to wonder about the other thousand times, right? 
things that I told you. Why? See, it's not just that statement that's called in question. It's me. My integrity as a person. Oh, are y'all with me now? This is so important. This is so important. Do you know why we are not in the Garden of Eden today? One lie. You will not surely die. And they listened to it. And they received it. And they acted on it. Why? God has never lied. He cannot lie. When he tells you eat of the fruit and you're going to die, you better believe it. Right? The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. I know of nothing more important in life. You might say, well, Brother Keith, I thought walking in love was the most important. It's the same thing. I said, it's the same thing. In fact, go to Proverbs. The book of Proverbs and the 26th chapter. Man, this is so big. But the Lord's helping us. Have I changed subjects? What are we talking about? Faith. Can you have faith without truth? No, you cannot. How can we have faith in God? What is faith in God? Faith in God is Him telling you something. Right? Him telling you something and you saying what? I believe you, Lord. It may not look like it, it may not feel like it, it may not seem like it could ever be. But your confidence is not just in ink and paper, your confidence is in God. He's never lied. He can't lie. If he tells you the sun's going to come up in the west tomorrow, right? You get up and look west. And you don't sit around half the night wondering if it could be. He's God. It is impossible for him to lie. Impossible. He's never lied to anybody. He's never told one lie. Not one. Ever. And he never will. He can't. Now let's back up a little bit. We've talked about the effect on faith. If God ever told you one lie, your faith is shot. Right? Because the next time it comes time to stand on something, he tells you something. How do you know this is a lie or a truth? Right? How can you stand in the face of all adversity, seeming impossibility, and believe it anyway? When you know he lied to you last time, it may not be true. You can't. You can't. Faith is gone. Not only that, all things are upheld by the word of his power. If he ever told one lie. You and I had come apart on a molecular level, as would the planet and the stars, because he'd no longer be God. Well, is it okay for you to tell one lie? Just one. Are you with me now? You tell your husband, you tell your wife, you tell your child. See, we talked about this uh, Christmas time. 
and about Santa Claus. Hmm? Your child cannot look you in the face and go, Daddy, is Santa Claus real? Is he really real? He flies through the air with reindeer? And you give the answer. And then as they begin to find that stuff, they go wonder about other things. Well, what about the Easter bunny, Daddy? What about this? What about that? Never, ever, ever, for any reason, at any time, do you tell a lie. Ever. Never. I don't care if it costs you your job. I don't care if it costs you your marriage. Y'all are not listening to me. You do not lie ever. You don't lie to save your mother's life. Y'all are not listening to me. See, y'all are not serious about this. Some people are not. I say, Brother Keith, you've got to be kidding. God hates lying. He abhors it. The Bible said it's an abomination to him. Why? You and your word are one. I'm talking about your insides, your essence. When you tell a lie, you've identified yourself with the enemy of your soul. You're speaking his language, and you've taken on his character and nature. And you have debased yourself and devalued yourself to the depths. You'd be far better off. Looking somebody in the eye and telling the truth if you knew it would be the last word you'd ever say. Because you'd leave here with your integrity. And you'd face God without guilt. Well, I'd have to lie, Brother Keith, to save my family. Then you don't understand God yet. You don't know what these words mean. And the reason I'm saying this is because you cannot be a person of faith. It's impossible to be a person of faith unless your word is a word of integrity. And when you say it, that's the way it is. It's always that way. If you say something wrong, it's not because you're trying to deceive. You thought it was that way. Right? We're not talking about errors and mistakes. We're talking about deception. You might say, well, Brother Key, I thought the most important thing was to love. Look at this. Proverbs 20. 6 and 28. Proverbs 26 and 28. What does it say? A lying tongue, what? Hates those who are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. See, flattery is a form of lying. Boy, you could really go into some areas with this, couldn't you? I mean, flattery is a form. You're acting nice to people and you're going on about things and you don't mean it. And you're doing it because you want something from them. You're a deceiver. And you're not a good person. This goes to your core. See, people try to say something, well, so-and-so, you know, man, they're good. They got a good heart. They're a good person. But you got to watch them. They'll lie to you sometimes. No, they're not a good person. You cannot be a liar and be a good person. Listen to these translations. A lying tongue hates those it wounds and crushes. A lying tongue hates those it hurts. And there are few things in life 
that are more crushing and more hurtful than somebody you trust using your trust in them to deceive you. Right? I mean, it would hurt you if I lied to you. Right? If I lied to you about the church or about the money or about our life and deceived you, hmm? it would hurt you. Your relatives, it would that's why I must not. I told Phyllis, the years go by, more and more people know us. And more and more people have confidence in us. That's a responsibility, isn't it? I don't want to let God down, but I don't want to let them down. Don't want to do anything that would undermine that confidence. Well, you have the same charge, right? There are people who look up to you and look to you. And you must give them reason to believe you every time. God's bringing us up. And we're growing in our trust of God and of each other. What he's doing, he's getting us to the place where he can tell us some wonderful things. Some things that most people wouldn't believe. Because they're trusting him and just not there. But ours is growing. And he wants to get us to, oh, he's got all kind of things he wants to tell us. If we won't just refuse it and say, ah, how could that be? So a lot of things he won't even tell you. Because you're better off not being responsible for it. Oh, but when he can get us to place after place and he tells us something, we all stand up and go, that's big, God. He said, yeah, I know it. We believe it. If you said it, Abraham, can you see him standing up looking into the night sky, seeing all those stars? They've never had a child. His wife can't conceive. God says, you're going to have this many kids. Can you count all these stars? No, sir. This is how many children you will have. (laughs) He's got no kids. None. Sarah can't conceive. Baron, what did he say? He, the Bible said he believed God. Oh, hallelujah. And he was called the friend of God. Why? Because he believed God. Amen. He said, I, I don't know how, but you know how. Amen. Here I am. Mary, angel came to her, looked at her. He said, the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. and You're going to conceive. What's born of you is the holy child, Jesus. (laughs) Did you understand that? What'd you say? Be it unto me. According to what you said. Oh, this pleases God. Oh, this pleases God. Oh, this pleases God. Stand up on your feet and praise God a little bit. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.